0: This is WLNZ, Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org.
1: LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.
2: We but mirror the world.
3: All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also
0: change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Thank you for joining me here on Shining Stars. Uh, This is a part two of two different interviews. If you wanted to catch the first part of the interview, you can go to lccconnect.org and get the details on that. I'm talking with Jerry Norris. He is the CEO and founder of The Fledge here in Lansing. Very briefly, uh, summarize, if you could, uh, The Fledge, once again, just in case somebody's just joining us on this one, what exactly is the concept behind
4: that? I think, you know, real quick, I can say we're a radically inclusive ideation and makerspace, an incubator, an accelerator. And our mission is to help create opportunities to pursue happiness and to fight for liberty and justice for everybody. And that kind of results into if you have an idea, you have something you want to do, whether it's a project, it's a company, it's an event, come see us. We're going to say yes to you and we're going to help you figure that out.
0: Very cool. I think you're doing some great stuff here in the Lansing area. I'm going to even say even on a national perspective as well, a positive change. That means when I say those words, it means different things to different people. What's that mean to you and how do you feel like the Fledge fits into that?
4: Well, I think that, you know, positive change is making sure that the people that surround us are they, they're taken care of, that they have their basic needs met. They're trying to get on track to live their dreams and to live their life. And I think, you know, kind of redefining what economic development means, what it means to be wealthy. You know, the old definition of wealthy wasn't to have a billion dollars. It was to be to have wellness and prosperity, to mm-hmm. be healthy mentally and physically and to be prosperous in some way. And I think I'd rather have 330 million or 8 billion people happy and prosperous than I would, you know, 10 people have hundreds of billions of dollars. Very good. That makes sense. This is kind
0: of unusual work. You've actually said that it's kind of become your life as well. Uh, Is this something you
4: kind of always knew you
0: were going to do when you were younger? Or is this progressed over time?
4: It has definitely progressed over time, but I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always been an empath, which means I, I feel other people's pain pretty strongly. And I've always been a champion for black, brown, and poor people. Those are the neighborhoods I grew up in. Those are my friends when I went off to, to school I left a lot of those friends behind and some of them are, you know, have died of overdoses, have died Mm -hmm. of gun violence, have died of just, you know, prematurely because of health reasons. But, you know, some of a lot of us have prospered, too. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it it evolved over time. But I think I was born with the basis of it Mm -hmm. or born into it or something (laughs) like that. I understand
0: where you're going. Hopefully everybody else does too. Uh, in the previous episode, I in your introduction, I mentioned that, uh, first of all, you got your degree from U of M in statistics, uh, but at the same time, during that conversation in the first episode, we kind of talked about personal connection and about how that is something to you that shows that you accomplish something. So my question to you is, do you use the numbers or do you use those personal connections to measure your success at the Fledge? Or is it both? It,
4: it is both. Um, I think that, you know, there's, there's these phrases about statisticians, right? They're, they are, you know, uh, figures never lie, but liars figure. One thing as a statistician, I can make the data look however I want it to look and tell a positive story or a negative story. And so sometimes data has so much bias built into it, even from just the way we collect it, to the way we analyze it, to the way we present it, that we have to be careful with it. We -hmm. always have to do our gut checks. I mean, intuitively, we know a lot. Our body is a statistician, whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. and it figures it out for you. But I also think that there are other cultures around the world or even within Lansing where the storytelling is the better way to describe or to measure or tell what's going on. So I think it's a good you have to have a good balance between some sort of scientific analytical way, but also the way that, you know, we speak to each other, the stories that we tell, the food that we eat, mm-hmm. you know, all of that is part of the success as well, or the measurement as well. Very good. Very good. Uh, the Fledge is a nonprofit.
0: You seem like the kind of guy that if you don't believe in what I'm doing, don't bother investing. But there are probably people out there who, are, who would be interested in supporting what you do. You had a fundraiser not too long ago. And that, of course, was was a way to kind of help bring in those funds. So if somebody wants to get involved,
4: help you financially, what would they do? How do they do that? Well, they can go to com, and you will see a link to our donation page. Mm-hmm. And they could make a donation that way. You could send us a check to 1300 Eureka, Lansing, Michigan, 48912. Or you could come by and see us and just talk to us, and we'll go from there.
0: And, of course, on the uh, podcast portion of uh, Shining Stars, we'll have that up in the notes as well. Again, you've been laying it out for me in the first interview, even during this interview. I I see a lot of great accomplishments from the Fledge. What what do you see as a couple of great accomplishments since you've started this project? What are some of the the things that you're proud of?
4: Well, I think that, you know, from accolades from the outside world, Mm -hmm. it would be... Uh, Last year when we won a visionary category for being an inclusive, innovative ecosystem or supporting that, so the FLEDGE applied for a national award and we were one of 10 that were selected. We competed with thousands of organizations and of those 10, we were the only one that was not a major university and that we were pretty proud of that. I could see that, yes. And then, earlier, or late last year, we took fourth in the world in a hackathon that was called Blockchain Breakthroughs for a Better World, Mm -hmm. and we were very proud of that, and since then we took third in one that had several thousand competitors, and uh, we've placed in every hackathon that we've done. So we're pretty proud of that. But I think that there's other things, like I was at a show the other night that was at The Fledge, and these Mm -hmm. four young men, you know, started yelling, there's Jerry, there's Jerry. And I didn't really (laughs) recognize them until we got talking. But right when we started The Fledge in Lansing, when we moved from Grand Ledge, They were using our studio. They were getting their feet wet in rapping and producing and -hmm. all of that. And they were just, you know, little boys at that time, 13, 14 years old. And now they're these big young men. And just for them to even remember me is an honor.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some pride. I I always kind of think back to a story of a student that I had here at the, the station who was petrified to get on the microphone. And by the time she was done, she was up on stage announcing and she was just so confident that I was like, I felt so good to be a part of that, you know, and you've got to feel the same way. And that's, that's, that's definitely an awesome accomplishment, which makes me ask you the question, do you find that to be one of the most rewarding parts of doing what you do? Or is there something even more rewarding beyond that?
4: I think that the what rewards me changes or evolves sort of quickly. It used to be, you know, seeing somebody get a job that they didn't think they'd ever be able to obtain or start a business and win mm-hmm. a pitch competition and then get funding and then make a living, being able to quit their job and do mm-hmm. their business. It used to be things like that, but if I fast forward to today, it's, I'm proud when I don't lose my grace. Mm. I'm proud when, you know, somebody steals from me and I just change my mindset to, that's a neighborhood grant, they needed it, they're going to use it for whatever, and it's not, they weren't born to do that. We we drove them that way, us as a community, us mm. as a society, us as a, a nation or whatever, we make the criminals. We make the victims. We are a victim, criminal, poor people making machine. And so, I really think about when I'm when I'm starting to lose my grace. I think about that person when they were a little kid, mm. and it really saves me. And I don't do well at this all of the time times. I understand that. I'm yelling, screaming, you know, going out and wanting to punch a wall, but. Uh, most of the time I'm there, and that's I, rewarding. I completely understand that, too. It's one of
0: those things where I always try to tell people, this is the way I think. I'm not going to say I follow it always. I try. I try. And that's that's the point. You try. So if you had the chance to talk to that younger you, the, the guy going through uh, University of Michigan, trying to get a statistics degree, and basically trying to give advice to a young individual going through or trying to trying to start college right now,
4: What would you say to that person? Well, I think that, you know, first of all, be happy. Pick something that is fulfilling to you that you want to study and do that. Don't, you know, don't take a spreadsheet and sort the column by salary and see the $400,000 you can make being a surgeon but you've never thought about being a surgeon before in your life, Mm. don't do those types of things. Don't listen to people that intuitively you know that's not the dream job or the dream career that you want to have. Listen to that inner self, and you're the one that when you're on your deathbed, you're going to have to assess your regrets and start managing those regrets right now. Make sure that you don't have them as you go into the later stages of your life. If anybody studied Erikson, the psychologist, you would, you know what I'm talking about for sure. Okay. So to, to summarize and to, to distill
0: it down, am I understanding you correctly? If it's follow your passion. Yeah. Follow your passion. Awesome advice. Uh, so what is happening with the Fledge?
4: What's new? What's, what's on the horizon? Well, the, uh, this is going to be, I think, the first time I announced it publicly, but we, will, we are being sponsored by a big crypto company to start teaching digital literacy in Detroit. And we will be part of a bigger project called DreamTroit. Wait, before you go further, explain digital
0: literacy. Because if
4: I don't know it, I know somebody else doesn't. So digital literacy could be anything from our coding club where Mm. you learn how to write software to joining us with our fledged crypto mm-hmm. initiatives in this case it's the Fledge crypto initiative and mm-hmm. it's teaching black brown and poor people about cryptocurrencies web 3 development which is blockchain and smart contracts and not how to Day trade Bitcoin or anything like that, but how to really get mm. involved in the building of the next economy mm. or the next monetary systems? Okay. It is not going away. Okay, so now now to now to revert back to what you were saying. So we will have, uh, I think it's sixteen hundred square feet in Detroit in a very. Cool complex. That's be. It's a refurbished Lincoln engine plant mm-hmm. uh, that will have housing in it. It'll have entertainment. It'll have uh, artist lofts. It'll have the uh, Fledge, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna. It's gonna be super amazing. And to have Uniswap, who's one of the biggest crypto companies in the world, they're a ten billion dollar company, sponsoring us, and we're gonna be the first people they sponsored mm-hmm. in the new foundation that is a huge accomplishment. That's exciting. Because it goes back to our regenerative model where we can't just be one fledge, we have to be multiple fledges. We have to start expanding and growing. I always think of like ground cover when mm-hmm. you're in landscaping. <laughs> you plant this one little plant and like a spider plant, it creates another, another plant one, that another plants. Another one, another and one, you need to one. keep doing that. And that's how that particular plant survives and prospers and stays healthy. Very good. Uh,
0: So you've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, When exactly did you get this established?
4: We started virtually in 2014. So we had an internet presence and we would meet at different restaurants or bars or wherever we could when we wanted to have meetings. And then in 2015, we formed our LLC, LLC. Which is our limited liability corporation, and that was in Grand Ledge in a 3,600 square foot spot. And then we moved to Lansing in 2018 and started our Fledge Foundation in 2019, which is our nonprofit hmm. arm. And basically, the difference is if you look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs on the bottom tiers, you have safety, security, food and shelter. In the middle, you have connection. And in the top, you have self-esteem and self-actualization. And the foundation works on the bottom tiers Mm -hmm. and we work on the top tiers. The rest of the fledge does our for-profit side.
0: In some ways, it acts as a venue. You have a number of events that go on at the Fledge, uh, but you have a number of annual events that you do, correct? That is correct. Tell me a little bit about those, please.
4: So the, uh, well, the, the events that are our events are... You know, we have a fundraiser every year for the Fledge Foundation. So that's our 501c3 mm-hmm. where we collect donations and we usually have some sort of party. We had an 18-hour marathon last year where we were live for 18 hours online. This year we're having, our, or we had a garden party that uh, it's the first time we're u- using our liquor license. So it's going <laughs> to be, you know, wine and beer and food and Getcha. kind of... Uh, dress up a party type of thing and you know the the non-our events we have uh in September when September ends which is uh L-Town Jubilee and they pick one particular family that just was recently housed and we all come together and raise money to furnish and clothe and all of that so to really give support to that family we have been part of the Capital City Film Festival since it came to Lansing mm-hmm. or since we came to Lansing and you know some so those are some of the big ones but we also have like recurring weekly events so every week we do our pitch competition 99 problems but a pitch ain't one mm-hmm. that's on Tuesday nights at 7 30. And explain that a little bit what, what exactly is that? Anybody who has an idea and I mean absolutely anybody that they want to see if a crowd likes it or understands it, or they want to practice pitching, they can just show up. They have 99 seconds to pitch their idea. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, the crowd votes for who they think should win the money. And whoever gets the most votes gets $99. Oh, there you go. All right. And and what are some of the other events? And then we, uh, we have a crypto meetup, or we call it the Fledged DAO, and we do that every Thursday at from noon to 2. Uh, but that may be, check our calendar, the slash events, because we may be changing that to Saturdays. Uh, we have Tech Tuesday, which is every Tuesday from 4 to 5.30. We have uh, pro wrestling that happens <laughs> uh, the third Saturday of every month. So we set up a big wrestling ring. And then we have uh, usually a monthly rap showcase. Okay. And, and,
0: and The Fledge is very good about uh, keeping up to date the, the calendar. Uh, so, again, that's thefledge.com if you, you want to check it out. Jerry, it is awesome having this conversation with you, talking with you, and getting to know you a little bit better, but even more getting in a better understanding of what The Fledge does here in Lansing. I just want to say thank you and keep up the great work. Well, thank you. We're, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. And I had to come up with a new question because I already asked you the, the my usual question. So we've got a second conceptual question to ask. If you had the ability to snap your fingers and change one global problem, one issue
4: in the world, what would it be? I think that I would have to choose housing. It, housing. It is global. It is, uh, you know, housing insecurity is a big problem in every single city that I go in. Even if it's, you know, Dubai, where it seems like there's not, uh, there wouldn't be any problems because it's such a rich city. Mm. There are problems. There are many, many people living in single, you know, room dwellings there. The, The workers that are imported live in horrible conditions. Uh, the housing costs are way too high, okay, and then if you go to like Los Angeles, you know Los Angeles to me is like a quilt made up of forty different Lansings because oh. it's it, you can find the Lansing almost anywhere that you are in Dubai or mm-hmm. in los Angeles in Los Angeles yeah, and you know they have tent cities they are they have a huge homeless problem if they don't fix this, they are going to implode. this will be the cause of the the stress the riots I'm sad to say Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is getting out of hand and it's all over the world but especially here in the U.S. big you know private equity firms are building or buying up housing stock so we're at above 50 percent of the housing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. is owned by private equity and you look at, like, Lansing, for example, 55% of the homes are rentals. Yes. And most of those rentals are being consolidated into big corporations that aren't from here. And that sucks resource out of communities, and most communities need their resource. Okay, so housing.
0: Jerry, go ahead and snap your fingers and make that go away. Remember. We can all contribute something good to this world.
4: No matter how big
0: or how
5: small.
2: A simple smile Mm -hmm. or a friendly gesture is all it takes to expand
5: positivity one inch further.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dudalyan, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand, along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. This is LCC
6: Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.
5: K-12 operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship since 2016. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason public school students. These selected students are chosen by the Mason Public Schools at the end of the fifth grade and then become a Mason Promise Scholarship through an induction ceremony. Over the course of the next six years, these students receive mentoring and support as well as introduction to career possibilities through the Pathway Program. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu hope.
6: surgery is over
1: oh it's over what happened hi mr detweiler dr newman here you have a new knee it went great you'll be up and around before you know it and it's all because of you uh what did i do you were captain of team detweiler You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be, what to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done. Huh, I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you
5: patient safety. It takes a team and patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons with more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety.
4: Lansing Community College's Fresh Start program forgives outstanding student balances, allowing students to re-enroll without penalty. Fresh Start does not apply to student loan creditors. Learn more at lcc.edu slash fresh start. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes.
6: Vision.
2: This is Bob Myers from the Historical Society of Michigan with a Michigan History Moment. For well over a century, Americans of all ages have enjoyed resorts. Resorts, however, did not always welcome all Americans. They offered swimming, fishing, horseback riding, Games, boating, great food, and fun cottages, but not to everyone. Even in the north, resorts were segregated. Advertising for those playgrounds was specific. No colored and no Hebrews appeared right on the brochures. African American families and Jewish families knew that those resorts were off-limits to them. As a result, resorts sprang up to cater specifically to those ostracized groups. One of them was Duke's Happy Holiday Resort, located in White Cloud, near Big Rapids. Rufus and Constance Dukes of Chicago opened the resort in 1960. They wanted to raise their children in a small town, not in the Windy City, and offer a getaway opportunity for African-American families. Clifford Dukes, one of their children, recalled that Most of the families who stayed with us were from the city and had never had a chance to see farm animals up close. The kids loved horseback riding, petting the pigs, and playing with the chickens. One of the children who enjoyed staying at the White Cloud Resort was Michelle Robinson. Her parents raised Michelle and her brother Craig on Chicago's south side and liked to stay in a rustic cabin at the resort. Michelle went on to graduate from Harvard Law School and marry a fellow Harvard Law School graduate. His name? Barack Obama. Michelle loved the Duke's Resort. She recalled years later, some of my fondest memories as a young girl were at a place called Duke's Happy Holiday Resort in Michigan. For a city girl, it was full of open spaces to run and play games, and an outdoor pool to jump and splash and practice my flutter kicks. Well, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 outlawed discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Resorts could no longer ban groups of people, so the need for African American resorts declined. Moreover, resorts in general lost popularity as public taste changed. Many resorts closed. Among those was the Duke's Happy Holiday Resort which closed its doors in 1995. This Michigan History Moment has been brought to you by michiganhistorymagazine.org.
0: Sharing the voices of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org.
1: LCC Connect.
5: Voices. Vibes. Vision. The Modern Warehousing Program through the Job Training Center at Lansing Community College is an industry-led program that prepares individuals for frontline material handling and supply chain logistics positions in medical centers, fulfillment centers, warehouses, and factories. Those who complete this program earn multiple employer-recognized certifications in six short weeks and get a chance to meet with local employers about their future. Visit lcc.edu slash Training.
1: Are you among the millions of Americans living with chronic pain? If so, you may think prescription opioids are the solution. The truth is, the benefits of opioids are limited. Opioids only mask the pain. Opioids also come with serious side effects, ranging from nausea to withdrawal symptoms to overdose. As many as 25% of people who are prescribed opioids struggle with addiction. And those who are addicted to opioids are 40 times more likely to move on to heroin. No one wants to live in pain. But no one should put their health at risk to be pain-free. There is another choice, physical therapy. Physical therapists treat pain through movement and exercise, no warning labels required. And you get to be an active participant in your care. Choose to treat your pain safely. Choose physical therapy. Visit moveforwardpt.com to find a physical therapist near you. This public service announcement is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. Lansing Community College's Dual Enrollment Program offers the opportunity for qualified high school students to earn college credit while working towards their high school diploma. Dual Enrollment lets students receive educational advancement in areas where the student's interest is displayed, especially in courses and academic areas not available in the student's high school. To find out more information about Dual Enrollment, visit lcc.edu.
5: LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.
3: Welcome to the Success Scenario. I'm your host, Dustin Abrego. On the Success Scenario, we meet and hear from current LCC students. People just like you, who face adversity, why they chose LCC, and how they turned their situation into a successful one. I'm here with.
6: Hello, my name is Jeremy Breton.
3: And it is Jeremy's birthday today. So round of applause for everyone, right? 41 today. Oh, dude, congrats. Thank That's you. a great age. Um tell us a little about yourself. Uh you're currently a student here at LCC, right?
6: Yep, in my third semester here. Okay. I started in the spring. Um I moved to Lansing about 7 years ago. Okay. I had to get away from Jackson. It was No good for me there. Mm -hmm. So I relocated here with $2 in my pocket, and I was homeless. And I tried going to college when I first got here in the city. Just stable roof wasn't over my head, so it was hard to get committed into studies. So it just never worked out until now where opportunities have come into play where I'm able to do things now, and it's a great feeling.
3: That's huge. I mean... I feel like I even struggled with like if having internet or a laptop or things, but you're talking about, Hey, like I don't know where I'm going to sleep tonight and things. That's really huge trying to navigate that. But then you also wanted to go to college at the same time. Like what was your motivation to like get into classes and start taking things? Even if you like immediately moved here with, like you said, literally $2, not sure where you're going to sleep. Like
6: a lifetime of regrets and doing the wrong, making the wrong decision. Okay. I figured that might as well make a right one. Okay. So it's just been slow and steady uh, here in Lansing. It hasn't been easy because I've mm-hmm. been homeless several times here. Sure. Um, even got evicted during COVID. Oh my gosh. That was a tough one. But I checked in to get some help mentally because mm-hmm. I was really mentally unstable. Now I'm on the right medications and stuff that sure. I'm able to focus sure and not be all scatterbrained
3: sure um so it's not your first time at college uh is lcc you like your first school then that you've tried starting at then or
6: no i went to jackson community college at first it took a year off from high school mm-hmm. i had two free years coming straight out of high school because mm-hmm. my gpa was so high nice but i was also I had a job where i was making really good money mm-hmm. so i didn't last but maybe a half a semester Mm-hmm. Dropped out, and then the company folded five years later. And then I got another job working at Spartan Chassis in Charlotte.
3: Mm-hmm. I was
6: building uh, military vehicles, oh, wow. and they lost out in the military contracts. So I lost my job again, but at that time they had the No Worker Left Behind Act. Mm-hmm. So I went back to college, and that time it was called Jackson College. They changed the name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made it a whole semester. I just didn't keep pursuing it. Okay. I just wasn't mentally ready for it, I guess.
3: Sure. So what do you think's changed for you? Cause you said now that you're like in this place and you have set yourself up for success in different ways, right? Like having that system, um, being aware of like resources around you and things, uh, what was like the tipping point for you then that you were like, you know what now, like, I know you said you had like lifetime of stuff behind you what was that tipping point when you like got here and you're like, no, like this is, I'm doing this for me.
6: Um, that's a good question. It was actually when I started to become more spiritually sound sure. and more mentally sound. Yeah. And, uh, just the reef, the focus is different. Mm. Um, I'm done self-sabotaging myself. So I'm like, I want to keep, just keep moving forward. And if I stumble along the way, just get up and keep moving forward. So the tipping point was just being homeless all the time and it's so hard to get things going when you're like I you said worrying what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep and it was that last time I was homeless I was like no, I got to get help and it's been it's been that ever since I've been getting help so and keep doors keep opening, new people keep coming to my life mm-hmm. such yourself cuz <laughs> Well, I've never had an opportunity like this, and this is perfect to step outside my comfort zone that I'm normally, you know, yeah. shrouded with my brick wall. Yeah. Um, But it's good to let that down every now and then and just open mm-hmm. up.
3: So I want to ask you, stepping outside your comfort zone, where, where is that coming from? Because I clearly don't understand, like, in the – perspective of like where you've come from and stuff and your experience is unique to yourself, right? How does opening yourself outside your comfort zone help you? Um, cause I feel like if people have faced like challenges and went through the things that you've been through that they would want to seek comfort, right? Cause they hadn't had that in a really long time. What is it about like opening yourself up to new things? Like where, what's that drive? Does that kind of make sense What I'm getting at
6: Okay. The drive is, uh, Cause I've always been like a soul person. Like sure, I didn't have a lot of friends. Sure, um, I always kept to myself, mm-hmm. but that gets lonely. Sure. Uh, you don't have nobody to open up to. So the more I'm able to be open with people, yep. the, more, the more they're open with me mm. and it just becomes a mutual mm-hmm. friendship. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm in the right place. This is that college here at LCC has been the only place I've ever felt like I actually fit in. And that's, and that's big for me because out of all my jobs, never felt like I fit in. Mm-hmm. I was always bullied. But here, I'm giving opportunities. Like, nobody mm-hmm. makes fun of me. And and if I do make a mistake, it's like, okay, or change this. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to take constructive criticism a lot better instead of being defensive all the time. Mm-hmm. And that just makes you an angled person when you're defensive all the time. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a family member who is offensive all the time so
3: gotcha okay um I did not set you up to say that by the way so everyone is aware but I'm grinning like an idiot over here making sure that like <laughs> um that fulfills me and makes me feel good that like you feel like you belong here and that's an important aspect of like what we do because education is for everyone right sure. um but you said also a job so you do work here I work Dennis here as a, well okay what do you do here
6: I work in the Center for Academic and Career Pathways. I set up uh, appointments for the academic advisors mm-hmm. and answer questions when I can. Um, mm-hmm. not right. doing, I get to an- right. answer all the questions because there's a whole <laughs> plethora of them. But I right. get to I get to learn mm-hmm. learn the system by teaching it to them. So it's it's a good job. It's the first office job I've ever had in my life, mm-hmm. and it's I love not having to beat my body up where I can just I use my brain.
3: Mm -hmm. what do you think um about working and being a student because i feel like maybe initially when you viewed it you were like i need money i'm here already let me do this do you think it's helpful to you like working at the college and like being a student at the same time is it kind of just more challenging with time like uh,
6: it's definitely more challenging with time mm -hmm. but uh i love it i love their um, stance on student first. Mm. So if, they, if I ever need time off, they are like, yeah, here, go do your homework. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've never had, I've always went to college, but I never worked at the same time. Sure. So I thought, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear so many people doing it. So, mm-hmm. and I know I can do it.
3: So you feel supported being a student then while working as a student as well then?
6: Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, great staff I work with I mean everybody's great in that office
3: um you do a great job on the phone Jeremy for people that aren't aware um you do sit I don't know like 30 yards from me like far enough that like I can maybe hear you answering the phone if it's quiet but like um so we do cross paths in that way which is great that we had this opportunity to connect and um chat and whatnot so so you're at college what are you studying? Where are you going? I feel like that's the question everyone always hits you with. Like, okay, so what are you, you going to do, right? I'm actually
6: studying the vet tech for the veterinary and technology. Okay. Um, But that could be changing. Uh, oh, okay. You know, okay. I'm, All I'm right. in a psych class, and I'm really starting to dig. Okay. So that's a whole other <laughs> thing of itself. Right. We'll just see how how things go. You know, I'm getting my prereqs done, but I would love to transfer over to MSU because they got mm-hmm. one of the best vet clinics in the world. Mm-hmm. So that is the plan for right now, but it's ever evolving. <laughs> cool.
3: What is it about that tech program here or like working with animals? Like what what do you want to do? What is it about like working with animals that you like?
6: I just get a sense of just freedom. I'm mm-hmm. free and it just brings such joy to me to just mm-hmm. be with animals. Mm-hmm. Like I understand animals more than I can understand humans sometimes, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like we all struggle with that. That's right. okay. Yeah,
6: but I I make it to MSU campus quite yeah. often. I feed the geese and mm-hmm. uh, I take peanuts and I feed them. So okay, I, just over the I didn't know
3: that geese ate peanuts. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. take it right out of your hand. I I'm sure they would take many things out of my hand. I feel like they're just usually like aggressive, so I just stay away. But right. I, I didn't know that they like peanuts. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the psych class. What do you
6: I just like how the mind works, okay, and how people, um, how they um, compute information, mm-hmm. and how you might do it differently than somebody else, or they view the world differently, new, and it's just a it's a give and take mm-hmm. that I, I actually I love. It's, okay, it's I love how the mind works.
3: Do you think what is it about the mind working? Is it for you to be able to understand others? Is it you understanding? maybe yourself. Cause I feel like sometimes I read stuff and I go, it, om- and i again, I'm not relating science and like fake things, but it almost sometimes reads like a horoscope where like you read something that you've never come across before. And you're like, Oh crap. I do that. Like, that's me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is it for you? Other people, yourself.
6: Like- it's actually just uh, a different perspective. Okay. It might get me to think in a different way, which mm-hmm. sometimes my brain gets firing too fast sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love meeting, having that connection with somebody like, hey, you ever think about thinking about it this way? You know, so it's mm-hmm. a, them challenging you mm-hmm. and then you challenging them in return. So it's, I like that.
3: You find it rewarding. Oh, It'll definitely. You, like, a sense of joy.
6: I get a sense of just, yeah, it's definitely, especially if you can have somebody smile or open up their eyes and that's a great feeling. And if we might not like it right at first, but. <laughs> right. I, I do like it. And like overall mm-hmm. in the long run,
3: when you say like, Oh, I was looking at that and like, I don't know, maybe it might change. Like, do you have a potential of what you'd be interested in doing with that? Cause, um, you know, that could be like counseling. That could be like, like there's so many things, right. That that could be like, I have no idea. Um, did you have a psychologist
6: probably? Okay. Um, I don't know how many times I've had people tell me I need to be like a motivational speaker or something down that line. I've had countless of people tell me that. Okay. What? I don't know if I want to do that or not.
3: Yeah, sure. Sure. It's okay.
6: It's all a waiting game.
3: Okay. Why do people tell you that?
6: I think it's just cause I'm, I can talk well with people. Like sure. I just had a, at church yesterday, I just had a kid come up to me and he says, well, mm-hmm. you speak well in front of people. So I, feel like I'm dying inside sometimes though, when I'm like, cause if I don't do my grounding techniques, sure. Okay. My anxiety will get the best of me. Mm. So curling my toes in my shoes is a big grounding technique for me. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing it right now. So, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, do you ever find that surprising? Because if you're having to, you know, ground yourself and like go through these techniques that totally work for you and work for many people, right. they are backed by science. Um, do you think it's ever curious or interesting when people are like, you speak really good in front of people and you're like, you have no idea like how fast my heart and like my mind's running a mile a minute. Like, do you find that surprising?
6: Uh, Yeah. When they can, when they can see me not dying inside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome Mm
3: -hmm. because then
6: it makes me like, you know what? Then I can like, when I catch myself, not grounding myself or Mm. uh, feelings get too high, Mm -hmm. I usually pause and have Mm -hmm. to, regather myself and it's slow breathing.
3: Mm. Good techniques overall, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um,
6: Over a lifetime learned them. So,
3: <laughs> and I mean, I feel like that lifetime experience really does help the amount of times that like, cause I've done public speaking or for this job or other things like that. Um, and people will say like, Oh, like you're really good at that or whatever. And I go, that feeling of it being discomfort, right. And doing it, even if it's like in just your communication one-on-one class, right. That feeling never goes away. (laughs) I feel like you just get better at like, yep, this is what this is. Right. Like it's like tying your shoes or like washing the dishes. Like the first time you're like, I don't, how do I do this? And then like, Oh, I figured it out and you just keep getting better at it. I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, sometimes I feel like I get enjoyment out of it, but do you get something out of it when you do speak in front of people or is it?
6: Um, It's not usually when it's happening. Sure. It's usually afterwards and mm. then it all hits me. Like, cause then I, I pick apart what I said, mm-hmm. like down to, I got OCD when it comes to writing stuff or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. gotta, it's gotta sound perfect mm-hmm. when I read it out loud. Mm. Cause if it don't, then it's just crazy in my head feeling.
3: Gotcha. So it doesn't line up with maybe like, what you're feeling versus right. what you're saying. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Um, so besides psych, what other classes are you like feeling with? Or like, did you maybe realize that like, oh, I hate that. And then now that you're in it, you're like, mm, this isn't the worst. Like maybe it was a challenge because you've definitely viewed some things of that. I think other people would put in their way and be like, I can't do that. Um, or I've come from this. So I can't do that. Um, but it seems that you've reframed stuff of like how to view obstacles as a challenge because people like challenges. We don't hate like work and other things like that. Right.
6: But. So it was on a Mason, communicate, uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. communications class over the summer. That was probably the most challenging class I've had so far. Just cause it was during the summer, you got shortened weeks. But on top of that, it was learning to deal with communication. I didn't know there was that many forms of communication.
3: And you can name them all right now if I ask right. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it just went by yeah, too course. fast. No, I
6: very little material stuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was a little little weary of that class, mm-hmm. but I pulled a three five in it. So
3: Heck yeah, man. Nice. Yeah. So after you're in it though, you're like, oh, I can totally do this, even though summer classes do move a little faster for people, right? Um, was there, like, a point in it where you're like, oh, I got this? Or was it just you gaining traction, doing one foot at a time thing? In
6: it? it was definitely taking the material one step at a time. It mm-hmm. um, was definitely not easy to to be able to write analytically. Mm-hmm. That is a whole art in itself. Um, I didn't really quite write analytically in that class, but... sure. It was a learning stone. So so hopefully my next next writing class, I'll be able to do a little bit better.
3: Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, How do you think you prioritized yourself as a student? So you had all these different points where you're like, I'm going to choose me, right? I'm going to choose the long road that's going to be more rewarding than something short. How did you go about trying to prioritize you being a student and like putting that first, because you could have chose, well, I'll just find a job and just go back to work and do other things. But you're like, in the long term, I want to do this career, but I need to do the education first. So like viewing that long term goal, how did you prioritize yourself with that?
6: So uh, I'm bouncing around with different jobs. Mm-hmm. I know I, I get into a job and I learn it, I mm-hmm. lose focus in it, I lose interest in it so fast. Mm-hmm. So I thought. Well, career—that's that's lifelong. You can take that with you in any state, anywhere you want to go. So that was the the prioritizing. Plus, all my friends were like bouncing around to different jobs, and just they didn't look happy. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I gotta try something different. So here I am at college.
3: Has that been hard for you having people that like are not here? Uh, so friends, or loved ones, or other people that you're connected with that don't go here. For them to maybe like grasp and understand like what you're doing maybe?
6: So it's uh it's definitely hard because I don't get to see them because mm. I have to, I'm focused. Yeah, of course. And my social life, it's I don't have one. It's non-existent right now. Okay. But I have goals, so mm-hmm. it'll come later on in life, just not right now. Okay. But I do keep in touch with them.
3: Okay. So you are keeping in touch and stuff, but it is because you are working here. And then like how many credits are you in right now?
6: I'm only taking eight. Okay. No. Okay. Just because I, I knew the math class was going to be so extensive. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know it until <laughs> got into it now, but it, it is so much work involved right. in that and it eats up a lot of my time.
3: And you're going to tutoring or just spending a lot of time working on that and stuff though.
6: Yeah. Even when I go to tutoring, it still takes me a while to figure it out. Sure. Of course. So it, I usually just try to figure it out on my own.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: And it, each section probably takes me two, two and a half hours online to, to finish each section. Sure. So it takes me all week to get the homework done. Okay. But I want to be able to grasp it, not just rush through it Mm. or have somebody tell me the answer. Okay. That's not what I want.
3: Well, and I think having that understanding for you to move forward will be like, that's how you're viewing it. Right. Is you're learning a skill or a trade and thing, not I'm just doing a check Mark and maybe like the communications class, that was more of a check Mark Mm. moving forward, which is okay. Right. Right. And, um, my undergrad was in like communication and broadcasting. So I'm not like, you know, to each their own of what things totally mean. Could I name all those communication styles? Absolutely not. I couldn't remember <laughs> any of them right now. Um, so what is something you're proud of as a student?
6: Carrying a three, five after not being in college for 15 years. That is huge. Yeah. Like I was, I was really worried about, cause I was, it was during COVID where, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of it was online mm-hmm. and online real time. I'm like, I don't even know what what this even consists of, right, so my physiology class was all online, and that was difficult having that kind of material just being online. Mm-hmm. so if I ever had another science class, I would love to do it in person
3: okay so what would you tell first semester self you knowing what you know now like talk when to you your first
6: success s- coach <laughs> and get get better time management okay that is something that I struggle. It's still. Okay. And I don't reach out to my success coach as much as I should, but
3: (laughs) I feel like you indirectly touch base with all of us individually when we're in our, right. um, And we're in the office and whatnot. Um, Do you feel, and so I sit on the one side of the table, right? Being success coach and you being a student. So I see what I think I've like, I'm picking up a pattern of things working with students More often than not, I don't think the work is not too hard or for people to understand it. It might take them an amount of time, right, working on math and stuff. I'd probably be the same way. I'd have to spend a lot of time to really understand the concepts right? because those things just don't click for me um, like it does for other people. Do you think it is more so time management or actually how hard classes are that maybe would – prevent you or others from like, you know, having a three, five or like other things. Do you think the time management is that heavy of a weight?
6: I believe it's definitely, uh, helpful Mm -hmm. because instead of, you know, waiting all week to get jam packed your whole homework Mm -hmm. and, uh, getting it done in one night, Mm -hmm. do it little increments throughout the week. And it seems to be going better for me now that I'm doing it that way. So I'm able to get and have one day off for Mm -hmm. just for myself. Hmm. And I usually take Saturdays off for myself and then get right back on it again Sunday. Plus, I'm also a brain where if if I don't see it often, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I lose it.
3: Gotcha. And that muscle memory for sure. Right. What would you tell others thinking about starting at college um, or coming back after some time like you did? What would you tell them um, if they're like, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know if I have the time, right? Cause people have families, a bunch of other stuff going on, working full time or other things. What would you tell them if they were like thinking about it and being like, I just, I'm not sure if this is for me, what would you maybe end up telling them?
6: Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> so for me, I have to tell myself, I am not my GPA. Mm. Um, that is, that is huge. Cause mm-hmm. I, I lose focus sometimes when I see my grades dipping a little bit. Mm. I start to lose focus and then nasty thoughts creep up saying that, well, maybe you can't do this. But then I really step outside myself. I'm like, yes, you can do this. You just might need a break right now. Mm -hmm. And learning to, learning to take breaks is another big one. Mm -hmm. And if you're first coming into college, don't jump into it like I did and take, (laughs) especially after being off for 15 Mm. years, I jumped in and took three classes right off the bat. Okay, That was stressful. Okay. But, I like the structure of it. Mm. So that's why I'm coming back again for another semester. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, do you think the structure of just like classes or just you managing your time has like helped you to be successful? And what is it about the structure that really like works for you, you know?
6: So it's definitely um, had one good writing and my first writing teacher, she really helped me like focus and, slowing down
4: mm.
6: and really uh, say what you mean, but in in, in shorter sentences because mm. I get wordy sometimes. Sure. So for me is uh, it's definitely the time management part um, and the slowing down because mm-hmm. my brain gets, it gets going mm-hmm. and I don't know how to stop it sometimes. So, and then that also helps. Exercising my brain mm-hmm. actually makes me tired mm-hmm. to want to lay down at night and I mm-hmm. get right to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, and because I'm not a big sleeper, sure. But being in college, yeah, working out my brain, <laughs> yeah, I get sleep now.
3: Yeah, yeah. I also see you hitting the gym and stuff like uh, after work usually, right? Right after work. Okay. Um, that's
6: something that helps me decompress. Mm-hmm. And then I usually sit out by the river for about an hour, okay. and then it really makes me decompress. <laughs>
3: so you use the gym here at LCC here at LCC
6: got it got it for a lifetime okay
3: there you go Uh, what would be advice that you'd tell someone that is maybe struggling of I'm not sure if this is for me I'm not sure if college is for me you know maybe they're having some of those like bad or self negative self-talk of like I don't know if this is for me because we're at the point in the semester where yeah, we're past certain things, but maybe the first big test is coming in. First, you know, big assignment. You're you're grinning, being like, "Yep, I have a few of those starting <laughs> right now." Right? Uh, what would you maybe tell someone being like, "I, I don't know if I can do this, or I don't know if I should, or whatnot?" Because you're committed to this, and I, I can tell from the way that your GPA and what you want to do with your life and all those things. What would you try to tell someone to like help? Pull them along for the rest of the semester and reach
6: stuff. out. There's so many resources here that will yeah. help you. Mm-hmm. And with the tutors over there in the learning commons or here in the learning commons, yeah, is the best. Mm-hmm. I had I had great tutors in my spring semester. I didn't really reach out in the summer because mm-hmm. I kind of just thought I could handle that one myself. But <laughs> <laughs> should have reached out for that one. And then sure. now I get tutored on my math as okay. well right now. Okay. And I just got a email on a psychology tutor. So mm-hmm. I might have to reach out for that too. Just a another perspective. Mm-hmm. Again, they might see something that I don't and then mm-hmm. it opens up my eyes and knowledge is great.
3: <laughs> so you feel this support network really helps like cement your success moving forward.
6: Oh, absolutely. And now I'm at an age where I don't, I don't mind saying I need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: When did that change for you? Do you think it, did at some point or have you always been someone that's like, yeah, I want to hear what people have to say or
6: no, I've always been, like I said to myself and I can do it myself. I mm-hmm. don't need no help kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's certain things you need help at and, or at least I do. Mm-hmm. So I, I reach out, especially if I feel like I'm drowning, no help, help. Where do I turn? Sure. And I work in a department where they can point <laughs> me in any direction. It's like, here you go, get help here.
3: Yeah. So, the people are just sitting 10 feet from you right. would and,
6: stuff. <laughs> and most of the time they get my answered, my, uh, questions answered right there in the spot. So that's awesome. Yeah.
3: Anything you want to leave us with where, how you're feeling or anything? just
6: enjoy your time here at LCC mm-hmm. cause it's going to be over within a blink. I'm already in my third semester and it feels like I just started, so it's going to be over really, really fast. So I'm going to enjoy every moment here.
3: Cool. Well, we look forward to hearing about all the successes and things that you're going to accomplish and move forward. So thank you, Jeremy.
6: Thank you, Dustin.
3: Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to The Success Scenario. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime online at lccconnect.org. The Success Scenario is a program dedicated to inspiring students towards a path of success. I'm Dustin Abrego, and if you're a current LCC student with a great story to share or know someone with a story to share, connect with me on Twitter or at LinkedIn at Dustin Abrego, A-B-R-E-G-O. Until next time, success starts with you. Keep
0: connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org.
1: LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.
5: No student in Michigan should face discrimination. Let's teach tolerance to our children early on to provide a foundation of respect and acceptance that will last a lifetime. This is Paula Herbart, president of the Michigan Education Association. Let's encourage children to be accepting of others, regardless of race, gender, religion, or sexual identification. Together, we can create a future where all are welcome.
1: A message from the Michigan Education
0: Association. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect
6: at lcc.edu.